spiritual development. We value spiritual development. Now, at our annual meeting, we introduced our four values to our congregation, and a few weeks ago, I presented them to you. We have four fundamental truths, salvation, healing, baptism, the Holy Spirit, second coming of Christ. And we also have four values. And the one I talked about a few weeks ago was authentic community, where we do life together. And it gets messy, and sometimes we're at odds with one another. But authentic community, based upon the Word of God, means that we work through those things together. Jesus helps us. And today I want to talk about the value of spiritual uh, development On Pentecost Sunday, I'm going to talk about spirit empowerment. We're a Pentecostal church. We believe in the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. And then at some point, I'll talk about sharing Jesus, which is our fourth value. But today, I want to talk about spiritual development. Baptism is an opportunity for some of you who have accepted Christ as your Savior. I just talked to Vanessa in the lobby before service. She wants to be baptized. She's accepted Christ. Now she's taking a next step to be baptized in water. We present that for spiritual development. When Pastor Allen said, some of you need to begin tithing and giving, it's not that we need your money, it's really that you need to yield to what the biblical principle is of tithing so that you can develop spiritually. Our Vacation Bible School will provide a lot of fun for kids, but bottom line is we want those who don't know the Lord to come to the Lord and those little kids who do know the Lord to develop in the Lord. So that's why all these activities, you might think, oh, just a bunch of announcements. No, these are tools to help us with this value called spiritual development. You could call it spiritual maturity. (laughs) You know, as kids, we always want to be another year older, don't we? Oh, man, I just can't wait till I can ride my bike without training wheels. You know, I just can't wait till I can drive a car. I mean, every little kid wants to grow up. They hunger to be teenagers. They hunger to be adults. And in the same way, friends, as a disciple of Jesus Christ, you and I should have that same hunger to grow up. We should not be content to be just little babies that just come every Sunday, hear the word over and over and over again, and never change. The Bible puts a lot of value. When actually First Assembly puts a lot of value in growing in your Christian faith, in maturing, in developing, in gaining a deeper awareness of Christian truth, a strong faith, a mature faith, and that type of hunger is honored by God. In Paul's first letter to the church in Corneth, he actually begins by criticizing the church a little bit because they are stuck as spiritual babies. They're content. And he's saying to them, no, you need to develop an appetite for the things of God so that you can grow, so that you can mature. 1 Corinthians 3 is where I want to direct your attention to this morning. And again, it begins with a reproach to the believers. Paul says, man, I can only speak to you like infants. (laughs) And I really want to see you grow in the Lord. 1 Corinthians 3, we're going to read the first six verses. 
Brothers and sisters, I could not address you as people who live by the Spirit, but as people who are still worldly. You're mere infants in Christ. I gave you milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for it. Indeed, you're still not ready. You're still worldly. For since there is jealousy, quarreling among you, are you not worldly? Are you not acting like mere humans? For when one says, oh, I follow Paul, and another says, I follow Apollos, are you not mere human beings? What, after all, is Apollos? And what is Paul? Only servants through whom you came to believe as the Lord has assigned to each his task. I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. Lord Jesus, in the next half hour, I just pray you'll open up our spiritual ears and you'll whet our spiritual appetite. Whether we've served God for five days or 50 years, I pray that we'll leave this building, we'll leave this, this live stream wanting to know you in a greater way. I pray, Lord, that we will yearn for meat, for solid food, that we might be mature. That, Lord, whether our prayers are answered the way that we want them, whether people uh, respond to us the way that we want them, Lord, that we will stand firm and trusting you. We want to be mature Christians. We want to value spiritual development, but we want to also embrace it and we want to live in a constant state of becoming more like you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God wants all of us to grow. He wants us to move beyond where we are today. He wants us to move beyond the elementary stages of what he calls milk into maturity, into wanting meat. I tell you, I, I appreciate everyone who attends on Sunday morning. I appreciate those who watch on live stream. I really appreciate the 20 or so that we have come on Wednesday nights. And I don't say this critically because some of you aren't able to come on Wednesday nights, but man, those 20 people are coming because they want to continue grow in the Lord. They're reading their Bible reading every single day and they want to come, they want to talk, they want to express themselves. They want to hear insight from one of our pastoral staff members. I appreciate the ladies that go to Suzanne's Tuesday Bible study to be able to go to, to watch a video, to discuss, to pray with one another. Soon, Pastor Mike Johnson is going to be restarting our men's morning Bible study. Those are events that attract people who want to grow in the Lord. I hope that all of you, and if you're not, I encourage you to read through the Bible with us this year. You will grow simply by exposing yourself to the Word of God. The Bible reading plan is on the website, or you can pick one up at the Welcome Center. But it's important that we strive, friends. God wants us to strive for a deeper spiritual life. And as we do that, there's some things that we need to remember. And I want to talk today about milk and meat. Because sometimes we see people who are drinking milk as second-class citizens. 
And if you're eating steak and you're criticizing someone who is still on formula, you probably shouldn't be on steak because you haven't matured yet. You don't judge someone that's not eating the same that you do. And that really is my first point. We've got to be careful because we will meet distortions to faith in our spiritual walk. We will meet some distortions. And I want to just give you briefly three of them. One distortion which will disrupt your movement toward maturity is the feeling that what you hear on a Sunday morning is not really meat. Now think about that for a moment. There are people who say, oh, I can never really get meat in the local church. That's a distortion to your spiritual growth. If you think, well, they're just not feeding me. That really is indicative of your immaturity that you can't feed yourself. Now, I don't say that again critically, but I think we have to be careful. Oh, through the last 35 years, I've had many people who have left the church saying, well, you're just not feeding us. That's a distortion. Don't think that, oh, well, the local church can't feed me, so I have to hunt elsewhere for my meat. It's true. Maturity happens in the context of a local church. Man, but there are people who spend their whole lives, their whole spiritual lives, <laughs> that jump from one church to another because they think that the other church is going to have more meaty things. But friends, if the word of God's presented, this is the meat here. It's here. Jumping, seeking after rainbows and, and windmills uh, is not going to help you mature. And Paul stresses that in 1 Corinthians 13, uh, 3. We just read it. The place where you grow may not be the primary factor to your spiritual growth. Not Apollos, not Paul, not Sage Hills versus Grace City versus New Song versus First Assembly. No. The place you grow is probably not the primary factor to your spiritual growth. That's why Paul said, well, what do you mean you're after Apollo, so you're after Paul? The Lord has assigned to each his task. Some plant, some water, but it's always God that gives us revelation. It's always God that allows us to grow. I've said this before, but if the Holy Spirit doesn't reveal the truths that are presented from this platform, doesn't matter who's preaching, if God doesn't reveal it to you, you're going to leave unchanged. That's why it's so important to come with an open heart and to pray, God, will you use whatever is presented today to change me? Open my eyes. Show me those areas I need to change. Now, the second distortion which affects our growth in Christ is the feeding or the feeling, I should say, the feeling that meat has to be different than milk. Now, stay with me for a moment. If it isn't different, if it isn't new, some people don't think it's meat. They're always looking for a deeper truth. Saying, oh, well, you've heard that, so that's only milk. Come to our 
gathering and we'll share the deeper things of God. That's how cults get started. It really is. Watch out for those who claim that there's new truth. This is the truth. And beyond that, we really only have one truth, and that's Jesus Christ. He is the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to him except through the Father. Or no man comes to him except the Father draws him. Ecclesiastes says it so clearly. There is nothing new under the sun. I remember before my dad's memory began to fail, I used to love to talk to him about kind of the the old days. Back in the days when they started Forks Assembly of God. Some of you old timers remember what was called the Latter Day Movement. We talked about the Toronto Blessing and all these things that have happened that God has used. But I remember how my dad would say, you know, son, it's just all about Serving Jesus and staying true to his word. There are no new truths out there. We have to be careful. I've heard people say what you've learned in the past is childish. It's immature. It's illogical. So come and hear our teaching. Our teaching is exciting. You know, it'll help you understand in a more intellectual way. Friends, newness is not a requirement for spiritual need. That's all I'm saying. Newness is not a requirement for spiritual meat. We all need to be growing in our faith. Often it's the simple childhood faith that God intends as the meat for our lives. Think about Jesus. Unless you become like a child, you'll never enter the kingdom of God. Well, the third distortion I just want to mention that can close us off from growing from maturity is the feeling that growth in our life has caused us to move beyond the commonplace. I'm thankful for those miracle moments on top of emotional mountains. I've had them. But you know, God meets us in the commonplace. God will meet you in that old brown chair in the corner of your family room as you devote yourself every morning to sit there, to meditate upon his truth, to pray and to read his word. He shows up in the mundane. Man, before long, if you're not careful, pride will begin to stir within you. And you'll think, oh, well, this is too mundane. This is too commonplace. We could look at the life of Jesus and see how he always used common things. We talked about it last week. Naaman, his miracle didn't come from some supernatural event. It came through obedience. Dipping in the river seven times. Common. See, it's obedience. We need to grow, friends. But growing for the sake of growing is not the intention of God either. God expects growth to lead us to become more like him, to become more loving, to become better witnesses. That's why the Holy Spirit was given us. We'll talk about that in a few weeks, given that we might be better witnesses to share Jesus. So friends, I just encourage you today 
to realize that you need to grow wherever you are. You need to continue to grow. And be careful of those distortions about milk and meat. The second thing is familiarity can limit. Familiarity can limit the mastering of God's message. I read recently about a a young mom who was uh, reading the Bible to her second grade son. And they were reading from the Gospel of John. And she read, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And her son commented, Oh, that's an old one. Even her second-year-old son. Oh, the familiarity that, oh, that's an old one. Being familiar with Scripture can do that to us. You can know it so well that you think you know everything there is to know about it. Now, many of you have had those aha moments that you have read something that you have read dozens of times before, and bingo, the Holy Spirit just reveals it to you. And that's why the word's called living. You know, what you read today in this set of circumstances you will interpret and apply differently than when you read the same scripture five years from now and you're dealing with a whole other set of circumstances. That's the beauty of God's word. It's living. It's active in our life. That's why we need to continue to read it. You just don't read the Bible like you do a book and say, well, I read it once. No, because it's a living organism. Don't get so familiar with scripture that you think you know everything about it because it blinds you to what God wants to do through that scripture in the present moment. Recently, after reading the story of the prodigal son in the Gospels, um, and I've preached on the prodigal son many times, I've studied the passage and I've read numerous commentaries on it and the father and the older brother and the younger brother and all that. Uh, I was reading this story, and I kind of had that mindset. Is oh, yeah, I think I know pretty much everything there is to know about that story. And I was skipping kind of the scriptures to get to the devotional thought of the day. And the Lord really convicted me and said, go back and read that like you're reading it for the first time. I don't know about you, but sometimes you kind of skim read, you know, instead of really digesting it. Man, it's important if we're going to grow, not to think that we know what we're reading to the point that's a hindrance, that it limits our understanding of God's message. Third thing I want to share today, and this is when it, it comes to not judging one another, because one person's meat may be another person's milk. One person's meat may be another person's milk. Do you know how Paul identified a person who needs milk? Looked at his actions. Not his knowledge, but the way he was interacting with other church members and those in his community. In that first letter to the Corinthians, Paul reports, hey, there's jealousy, There's quarreling among believers. There's pride of your experience and your background. Something's wrong here. 
Something's wrong. There's a blindness to the things that you know. These words need to be changing our heart. And no doubt many of those readers or believers, I should say, in those days were individuals who were ready for meat. They knew all the milk, but the milk hadn't changed their actions. Again, we're not growing just so we have more knowledge. We're growing so we can be more like Jesus. Paul's audience here included believers and active believers, both. He was talking to both leaders and believers. Some might have been mature. Some might have still needed milk. But there was a disappointment to Paul. But since they needed milk, what does verse 2 say? He gave them milk. He gave them what they needed in order to grow. And in any church, including ours, when I actually first assembly, there are people who are spiritually mature in one area and very immature in another area. See, we tend to think as we mature in the Lord, all areas of our life mature equally. But that's not true. You might be mature in a certain characteristic, and you might be very immature and childish in another fruit of the Spirit that God wants you to grow in. So our maturity is not just one grade, it's where we are in each of those areas of our life. On any given Sunday morning, I understand that any sermon that is preached from this pulpit is going to contain some milk for some people and meat for other people. That's true. A particular sermon might be milk for you. But if the sermon or the teaching offers insight, it touches a, a tender nerve, listen carefully. Because if in the sermon you recognize steps that you need to take, then apply its message to your life. Take the steps and grow. That's what spiritual development is all about. That sermon will give you the milk you need to develop the faith. On the other hand, it may be that what you hear in a sermon will be what you already know, you're already practicing it, and in that area, you've moved beyond milk to your spiritual maturity. And then you need to listen to what God says. But in the meantime, Man, you can pray for those around you that need to come into that application of the word. Okay, fourth thing, and this is the most important of all, save the best to last. Growth is a matter of personal decision. Growth is a matter of personal decision. It always amuses me when guys like Virgil Brown or ladies like June Acton always find something in every single sermon that they apply to their life that they feel is meat. And they say, oh man, that was so good, man. I, people who serve God 50 plus years telling me, oh man, the Holy Spirit showed me something out of that. And then a person who's been a Christian for six months is frustrated 
and says, why don't you preach anything other than gospel? I, I, I never learn anything. You're not feeding me. I'm going to go to a different church. I think, what's wrong with this picture? Someone who served God for a year feels like there's no meat, and people who have served God 50 years are growing spiritually? It goes back to the fact that growth is a matter of personal choice. You can choose to grow. Growth builds on foundations that are already in place. Did you hear what I said? Growth grows or builds on foundations that are already in place. If you want to grow in meat, we need more than sermons and teaching. Because preaching can give you elements of meat. Teaching can give you directions and application. But our growth is going to come by our own willingness to study, to apply, to obey. That's where the growth comes. You can have things in your medicine chest that will help you, but if you choose not to take those things, you're not going to get the effects, even though they're readily available. You know, one real major difference between being in high school and college is that when you're in high school, you feel like your responsibility to learn is what the teacher gives you in the classroom. You know, they give you information, you learn that information. Man, when you go to college, you go to university, it's, it's so much different because they assume that the students understand that learning comes through reading and study outside the classroom. Took me a while to figure that out, like a couple exams my freshman year. Like, well, you didn't lecture on that. Well, no, I didn't lecture on that, but that's on your reading assignment list. You should have read it. Oh, on my own, you mean? <laughs> In Bible study, the value of the session of Bible study comes from the effort that you and I make at home, more than the classroom teaching. The teaching helps. The growth comes from within ourselves. We value spiritual development. That's why I wanted to recognize Pastor Allen. And, you know, he could have been a licensed Assembly of God pastor all his life. You don't have to become ordained. It's not required. But he wanted to. He wanted to take that next step. You and I need to want to take that next step, whether it's baptism, whether it's involved in a small group, whether it's tithing, whatever. maybe it's sharing our faith. I want to close by reminding you what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 25. He spoke of a man who entrusted his property to his servants. And the owner distributed his possessions, remember, to three different stewards. The first one he gave five talents. And then the second one he gave two talents. Then the third one he gave one talent. Remember the story? But two of those servants went out and multiplied their gifts. And the third one just buried his gift. Now consider for a moment the talent in that scripture. We tend to think it, you know, was money. Uh, but I want you to think of that talent as perhaps a gift God has given you. Maybe wisdom 
maybe understanding, maybe a spiritual gift of faith. See, our desire for meat, like spiritual wisdom, why would you expect God to give you more spiritual wisdom if you're not applying the spiritual wisdom he's already given you? Notice the multiplication of the rewards to the servants in Jesus' parable here are only to the ones who use their gifts. The one who didn't use his talent, his gift, was not rewarded. Now, you and I have heard the the milk of stewardship. (laughs) We know God's intention. Why would we expect abundance from God before we practice the stewardship we already know? God is not obligated to do anything more for us than our last step of obedience to what he's already revealed to us. Why do we expect God to give us peace in our heart when we're holding unforgiveness and bitterness? Why do we expect God to meet all of our needs when we're not being obedient and giving him his tithe, his 10%? Why would God multiply his blessings to us when we're not using the blessings he's given to us? Man, the Lord, in this season of time on Anchi First Assembly, the year 2021, it's a great season of time because God is calling us back to the basics. We've kind of shed some of the the peripheral stuff. We're reading the word together. We're getting back to the base and we're talking about values. There's a, there's a sense of community, a, a sense of, of a family. And God is, a, I guess, maybe sending to us what I would call a dinner invitation. There's milk and there's meat. Jesus is the host. We can sit down and it's our decision that we can develop spiritually this year. As Hebrews 5.14 says, solid food is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves. There's so many examples in the Bible. Old Testament says Samuel grew in stature and favor. Luke says John the Baptist grew strong in the spirit. Jesus grew Are you growing? Are you growing in your walk with the Lord? I've been praying over this congregation for several months now, a prayer out of 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 3. Thessalonians written by Silas and and, uh, Paul and Timothy. It's a joint venture. The three of them wrote this book. Uh, But it says... We thank God because your faith is growing more and more and the love all of you have for one another is increasing. That's your pastor's prayer for you. For Wenatchee First Assembly, for 2021, in this area of spiritual development, I pray that our faith will grow and our love for one another will increase. 
Would you stand as we have a word of prayer? Father, I thank you that there are certain things in the word that you value. And I thank you, Lord, that you have led us to identify four areas that need to be embraced and valued here at Wenatchee First Assembly. We want to be an authentic community. But Lord, not for the purpose just of having some kind of a social club. We want to be an authentic community so that we will experience spiritual development. Thank you, Lord, for people who spur us on to good works. Thank you for people who ask us how we're doing in our Bible reading. Thank you, Lord, for small groups that we can share with one another. Thank you, Lord, for people who can call us on areas that we're falling short, not out of criticism or judgment, but out of love. Because, Lord, we want to help each other in authentic community to continue to mature and develop spiritually. I pray that each of us, Lord, will make a decision right now that we are going to grow in the Lord between now and the end of the year. Maybe some need to be baptized, some need to start tithing, some need to share their faith, some need to be involved in a small group, some need to begin to lead a small group. Some need to be involved as door greeters or teaching, Lord, in our WFA Kids Ministries. Lord, in this final moment, would you just show me where I need to continue to grow? I want to be like some of my heroes of faith here at WFA that continue to grow in the Lord even after decades of serving you because they've made that decision. And I pray that each of us will make that decision today, that we'll grow in our faith and our love for one another will increase this coming year. In Jesus' name, amen, amen.